0: Welcome to Eastern Grange 196. Today is Monday, May 10th, 2021. This is our regular uh, monthly meeting and we're so pleased and privileged to have Andrea Longhauser, who is the environmental planner and advisor to both the Conservation Commission and the Agricultural Commission with us tonight. And two of the Conservation Commission um, members, Christopher Patrick and Mike Spadia. Andrea, take it from
1: here. Sure. Thank you very much for having us tonight. Um, I was told that the, what you'd most like to hear about is our Easton Trails, which have been getting a lot of use and a lot of real uh, positive comments from the citizens of Norfolk, and um, citizens of Easton and around. Um, and in the over the last couple of years, we created an interactive, Trails map. So I'm going to share my screen so you can see how to get to this map and um, what kind of features it has. And I'll just talk a little bit about that and then probably come back on um, so that Chris and Mike can talk about being out on the trails. Um, I, of course, uh, as the Conservation Commission agent and uh, assistant town planner, uh, don't get out as often as I'd like, but I can tell you that it was wonderful for me to know the Eastern Trails as well as I did because uh, during COVID, because my kids, my two kids live in Boston. And so we were able to connect in Easton, I don't think you wanna hear this, without having to go to Borderland um, and had wonderful walks all the way through um, COVID, really appreciated it. So let me show you the Eastern Trails map What I'm going to do is start from the town website. Can you see the town website? Do you see the town website there? It's up, yep. Okay, we're going to go over to the Conservation Commission website um, by going to boards and committees. And then we're going to walk through the current events at the Tufts Farm sustainable lawn practices, don't put your landscape materials in the wetlands, how to get a permit, and there it is. Um, There it is. There it is, she says. There it is. Underneath the mission statement, Eastern Trails, a new interactive map of all open space parcels in town, whether managed by the town department, the state, or private groups. That's. There's, whenever you go to any website, you get more than one way to get in. I, I use the Conservation Commission web, website because I can hear, I can see more of what's going on. So it zooms into just the town directly, but you have the ability to put an address here. Those properties that have trail maps are all listed here. So you can go to any one of those right off the bat. But uh, look at the different town colors we have the uh, state property here with border land. Um, and that, that's a, they've got a trail map. We've got the Hockamock Swamp uh, town, uh, state owned land here and in the center of town. We have Board of Selectmen, which still owns the Gill property, as well as Keach Field. We put those on the open space map. The Conservation Commission is the olive green and the private is mostly NRT. Um, This is not all the land that NRT owns, it's not all the land that Conservation Commission manages because it doesn't include lands that are privately held but have a conservation restriction on them to to, uh, permanently protect the use. Um, Parking no parking. If there is parking, it's a brighter background. If there's no parking, it's dark. So let's go. Um, I know that that Flyaway Pond is a, a special one. Clifford Grant, special. Wheaton Farm, big fan of Wheaton Farm. So when you click on the trail map, it identifies, look, that's the amount of trails you have. And then you can either zoom to it or you can you can click for the trail map. So this is just a quick view. This can be if you have um, if you if you have Wi-Fi, you can use this right on your phone. Um, but you can also oh, I'm sorry. Well, uh, Wheaton Farm is uh, got the parking at the top of the map because that's where you enter the property. Um, if, if it's a red trail, we've got universal trail colors uh, based on the good work of Chris Patrick. And this is one of the many uh, properties where the Eagle Scouts in town have prepared this map for us. Um, they've done our, all of the land in, in conservation control is managed by volunteers and all the improvements generally are um, generally are done by volunteer effort. I manage and coordinate and you know cover, you know, let, let others find out what's going on and you know give them a little guidance, but you don't see me working out in the fields as often. But if you'd like later on, I can talk right about here This is the Sam Wright Field and we have a wetland restoration project going on if you're from that area of town. But let me let me um, uh, say Bay Road parking is over here. Red means these are the access points from the main road. There's three different ways to access uh, from from our perspective. Uh, Then you can see you you can have uh, the yellow loops and the Blue loops tend to be side trails. The, if you stay in a yellow loop, you'll you will get all the way around. Blues will either, you know, connect or shortcut. Uh, that's Wheaton. That's an example of Wheaton Farm. And like I said, we have a we've um, we've got a state grant thanks to the effort that Ed Hands and others put in to get our to have a town municipal vulnerabilities plan. We got a state grant to remove all those concrete structures at the, um, over here at Sam Wright Field. And I'm in the process now, they are removed and I'm in the process now of um, getting the contractors together to actually build uh, wetlands in part of that area. But I want you all to know, we're still going to have a walkway through there, and you'll still be able to watch the birds. Which is apparently what a lot of people do right over there. So you don't have to go to you. Don't, you can go back to the Eastern Trails. You can go to any one of the properties. I don't know if you're familiar with the Bay Circuit Trail. The Bay Circuit Trail runs through town. I'm going to zoom out. Okay. The Bay Circuit Trail runs from Borderland all the way down through Hockamock Swamp. And, but it actually is a regional trail that goes from Duxbury around the outside perimeter of the city, of the city um, and stops in Ipswich. It's quite a fabulous trail. So when you, when you click on the Bay Circuit Trail on the main map, you can see the general route. You can get idea of parking, parking, Parking places along the way, and then you can click on the map. This map is um, from a state-sponsored location, but you can zoom down. It's Sharon Borderland. Lots going on in Borderland. Um, comes off of Borderland, goes through conservation lands uh, in from from Pequonica, Stays off. Stays. It, it goes off on road for a while. And then it goes down through the Poquonicot into the uh, pond area there, Um, and then swings down into Wheaton Farm. It goes on and off road, on road, and then follows the old MBTA rail line out of town. So there's different trail maps of different areas here on this map. It's very easy to get to. You can even get to the state Border, uh, except that they change their hyperlinks all the time. I'll have to remember to uh, check on that. They always are changing their hyperlinks at the state. It's kind of annoying. Um, she says, having worked for the state for a number of years, <laughs> I have trouble finding my own stuff. If you, um, if you don't like these things, you can, always, you can always get them out of the way. Once you know your legends, you know your legends. So this has been, I hope, very uh, useful for people. I said that some of those smaller trail maps were prepared by um, the Eagle Scouts. Eagle Scouts have a wonderful uh, Eagle Scout coach. The Eagle Scout, Chris Patrick, who is also a former uh, conservation commissioner, but he graduated, is what I like to say, from the uh, two meetings a month to be one of our associate members and one of our most prolific associate members the we have three associate members at the conservation commission who are all available for uh trail maintenance work so people call me and they say Andrea there's a trail there's a you know there's a tree across the trail I can't get by um and Chris can tell us about a good way to uh, use a new app to do that otherwise you have Andrea saying, okay, uh, tell me what trailhead you came on, how far down is it? And I'll get, I'll I'll see if our, I'll see if our associate members can take a look at it. Um, Tell me if it's something that DPW needs to do. And we never really go to DPW very often because they are very busy. Um, And we really only get their attention off season. So, um, everything we try to do, everything we can do tends to be with, with good volunteers. Mike is presently um, our, one of our main commissioners and he's trying to, he's, he's helping us out in um, trail work because trail work is kind of near and dear to Mike's heart as he'll tell you. Um, he's gonna be one of our coaches and one of our, our supervisors for a new trail that's being built by an Eagle Scout in Poquonicut management area. So we've had Eagle Scouts at Wheaton Farm. We've had them at Flyaway Pond. We've had, and now we've got them over at Poquonicut. And this is all just in the last four years. They've been really expanding um, the trail networks in town. We are so lucky to have um, excellent Scout leaders that keep the boys engaged. And um, and they seem to like to do conservation work, so I can always find something for them to do if uh, Chris doesn't come up with it first. So, do you have any questions about the interactive map? Any one of the three of us can answer them. Otherwise, I'll. Um, I think trail maintenance is probably the most interesting, so I uh, I can pass it off to the next guy.
0: Thank you. Um, so. Andrew, who would you like to speak to next? Okay, no questions. Let's go straight to
1: um, uh, Mike. You okay with going to Chris?
2: Yeah, great.
1: Right great. Okay. Okay, Chris, have at it. If you want Hi, me to have a map, let me know.
3: Sure. Um, where do I start? I guess I'll start with. Um, how I came to the Conservation Commission. So maybe you have some frame of reference. Um, back in, oh, I don't know, 2005 or four, um, I became friends with Colleen Corona through a friend of mine that lived next door to her. And um, we got to know each other. And she found out that I, um, I do a lot of trail building for all over the eastern part of the state. Um, as a volunteer uh, mostly with New England Mountain Bike Association but sometimes with Boy Scouts Um, and she said you know we've got a lot of open space in Easton you ought to consider being a conservation commissioner Um, and I'll just race really fast forward I was a conservation commissioner for three and a half years uh, through I think till 2013 or 14 Um, and when my term ended I said you know the town really still needs Uh, some help with its trails, Uh, could we create a a position and called associate commissioner and really have somebody be starting to watch over the trails and the land and do some land stewardship and the the commission agreed. And so since that time we've grown to a group of three and we'll probably grow even more as, as more people step forward after they've served their time as a conservation commissioner and gotten familiar with our processes. But through that time, um, in 2010, I got the town a $17,000 recreational trails grant for Clifford Grant Parcel um, to basically affix a, a, a true loop trail in there. Um, so if you've ever made your way in there, there's some really long boardwalks that um, bring you through the most beautiful parts of the, tra- of the trail system. Um, and part of that project included getting some kiosks built um, which house some maps. And that sort of started my whole um, approach with formalizing how we mark our trails in town, just to keep a real simple marking system. Um, we, as Andrea showed earlier, the, ma- the, the maps have colors. And so if you wanna access a cer- certain parcel, uh, you look for the red trail marked on the map. And by the way, they're blazed on the trees too. There's like little blazes on the trees. So here's an example of you know, Clifford Grant on the screen here. You can see on the map um, that there are red access trails that go into the yellow loop, and then there's some blue bisecting trails. The trees, uh, just like the Appalachian Trail or just like trails in, in DCR properties, um, have colored blazes on them that, that correspond with these red colors and yellow colors on the map. So it's easy to get your way around. Um, So I've had, let's see, this this particular map here was created by Dylan DeCosse, he was an Eagle Scout. Um, He came after my um, trail project where I created a number of the trails that you see on this map, especially on the Southwest side uh, where none existed. Um, And I've done a lot of the same thing over in um, other parcels. So we've got flyaway pond management area right now where we've had in the last ooh, almost three and a half years, um, two brothers and then uh, uh, another scout do a project over there. And we need to actually update this map because we've built new trails since that time. But if you look on the left side of the map um, over by Deer Run Road and Chickadee Lane, you can see a, a, a red connector trail. That was the first trail built by a um, by a scout named Max Rhodes and um, he was very ambitious. He uh, he actually got a community preservation act grant for that project. He was a very, very driven scout. He figured out that he needed to raise a lot of money to do his project. And he actually en- ended up standing in town meeting and making a presentation and getting help help to fund it. He, he didn't fund the whole thing with the community Pres- preservation uh, uh, award that he got because he had quite a bit of uh, boardwalks to build but he got a substantial amount done. And since that time, his brother has done a project that connects um, that trail that you see on the left side all the way down to the town pool. Um, and his brother raised money um, through a number of different mechanisms. But since that time, there are, so you can see she's drawing basically kind of what's there. There's a trail that connects all the way down to, to, to the town pool. So you can take that trail. And it's um, we have to update the map to get that done. Um, and I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about, cause I can talk about trails all day long. There's tons of trails. There's another trail being built right now over at the Edwin Keach Park. It's a newer park that was built maybe about eight or 10 years ago. Uh, and behind there is a, is a new trail being built uh, currently by an Eagle Scout. Um, and before I leave, I just wanted to talk about quickly about trail maintenance Um, And if I could just share my screen, I wanted to show everybody an app that um, I use and that I can help to manage um, trails. I'm gonna share my screen if it can. Let's see if I can get this to show. Can everybody see my screen here? Yep. So this is an app that a friend of mine uh, designed. It took him about five or six years to build it because he, you know, had to find a lot of people that were willing to donate his time. So he built this for free. It's a free app. It's called Trail Care, um, and anybody can can download the app if onto their phone. Um, you can. It, he has an Android and a iPhone version, um, and I like to recommend that people who like to use Eastern trails. Um, use this app. You can actually click on the map page of it if you want to use that map, you can. But more specifically, this trail, this tool here uh, is really handy for being a reporting tool for folks like Mike and I. Um, Because all you need two button clicks, and you can report a problem on the trail. And if you're looking at the left side, you can see that there is like a phone showing. And there's like six different choices that you can press a button on to tell us what's wrong. And if you're standing, On the trail in front of a let's say a tree that's fallen down across the trail. All you need to do is open up the app and press the tree blocking trail button and then press confirm and and then put your phone back in your pocket and keep walking and it drops a pin right on a map that I can see and that others can see including Andrea if she wants to And it tells me there's a tree down. Now here's the cool part, as an administrator myself and others that will be joining this this app, we can go out and clear the trees as, or fix the trail problems as as they're done and clear those pins ourselves. Um, So it's a great way to sort of send a little signal to me. It sends me a notice whenever anybody drops a problem on the map um, so I can be aware of it. So if you feel like you wanna tell us about something that's on a trail, Probably the fastest way is to use this little app. It's two button clicks, and you can be on your way. Um, It's very clean interface, so it's only you know six very large buttons, bigger than your thumb. Just click and put it in your button in your pocket, and on your way. So that's I'll stop sharing my screen there, but that's I wanted to show you share uh, show you that, and then I'll just I'll give this the floor to Mike.
2: (laughs) Hey Chris, yeah. So hi guys, I'm Mike. I've been in town my entire life. So I'm 31, so I've been here a very long time. But uh, I can kind of consider myself like an outdoorsman. I'm out in the Eastern Trails almost every single day, and it's been that way for a long time. Um, and for me, it's such a special place. Um, but what I really like and what would be good for you guys to go check out is the wildlife that's out there. easton has got a ton of wildlife, and it's readily available right in front of you. Just gotta walk slow and take your time. And for sure, it's some of the best woods you'll see too. It's so quiet, it's hardly busy. All these trails are pretty calm even on a weekend day but to Andrea's point going over to um, Wheaton Farm is an awesome bird watching zone. Uh, if you guys ever see me out there you'll always see I have a little chest pack on as my binoculars they're on all the time and you will see birds like crazy. If you go on the new flyaway trail tons of great deer viewings you'll see, there's a lot of upland and a little bit of lonely you'll see deer walking through a lot of streams they'll go over and drink from the key is just walking slow. And then over in Clifford Grant, you kind of get a combo of both. You get some good birds in there. There's a lower, like, uh, swampier area. They get great bird viewings. A lot of turkeys in there right now. And also, you see tons of deer. And you can always see uh, there's a couple a couple coyote sightings in there. If you're real quiet, you'll see them every once in a while. Um, but for sure, really pretty. And I know this isn't Easton, but Rattlesnake Hill in Sharon, which is very close by to us, also really great place. You guys want to go take a walk and see some cool wildlife and just a really quiet, quiet place it's a little further away from any of the main roads and you just don't hear any traffic and it's it's really fun um but definitely take advantage of going out there and and obviously using the app if you can to report trail stuff but if you do see trail stuff too and you know it's something you guys feel like trying to take care of yourself you can always call us like andrea and alert us saying that you see a problem because we don't you know we don't want you to go out there and try to fix something that you may not be equipped to fix and hurt yourself you know we can definitely run out there and do it ourselves but um yeah, the trails out here are really great. And like I say, walk slow, take your time. You'll be amazed what you find. And if you're into foraging, I won't get into that because you guys can look it up on your own. But there's a lot of natural things you can forage for out there. Currently right now, garlic mustard's all over the place and I've been making pesto for weeks. So <laughs> give it a shot. It's, it's a really great time.
0: Okay. Um, For some reason, I lost the screen. I didn't lose your voice, Mike. Did anybody else oh, have good. that problem? Okay, great. Um, let's open it for questions from uh, the membership.
2: Hey, Chris. You want to start. Yeah, tell us about building these boardwalks. Uh, Clifford Grant's boardwalk—I believe you were involved in
3: the construction of it. How sure. did that? How did you fund it, and did, was that all work that you and your um, friends did, or? How, how, yeah, no, how, that's a great question. Um, so that boardwalk is. I don't know, all told in, in that section of Clifford Grant, there's probably about 700 feet of, of boardwalk, and it's all four foot wide so that people can walk by each other um, with enough space. Because once you get on a really long boardwalk like that, you can't step off into the wetland or into the water, so you have to have kind of a place to, to get, let people pass by. Um, that's part That particular section of boardwalk uh, was part of the RTP grant that I wrote to uh, with the help of Stephanie Danielson um, for the town back in 2000, I would say late 2010 um, for $17,000. Uh, so the, the, the money that we got for that project was only for materials. Um, all of the boardwalk was constructed by volunteers in town. And it actually, it was such a large project that it took two years to do um, because I couldn't schedule enough work days in a series uh, because of my busy schedule to get it all done. But we we worked with the, the local lumber yard. He stored our materials until we were able to get hundred percent of it installed. And and we got it done by, I would say late 2012, 13 in that range. Um, like I say, volunteers, I mean, I would just send an email out to all of these people who had raised their hand in the very beginning and they would keep showing up. And they were all just local local, a lot of them were local people who live here in town. Um, I had got a lot of help from, the, um, from different member organizations that I'm, I'm familiar with. So, for example, I got help from Boy Scouts, I got help from the New England, New England Mountain Bike Association, um, and I got from the, uh, help from the OA cross-country team because they ran in Clifford Grant to get to, to Borderland for their practice runs. And um, up until I constructed this particular trail, they only had sort of like a rough trail that went to Militia Park and then straight up to Borderland. There was no actual a fixed loop in uh, Clifford Grant. So by constructing that whole uh, trail and doing that RTP grant, um, you know, we now had a 3.5 mile loop that the cross country team could run on, and they wouldn't even have to leave uh, a property or, or cross a road. They could just be at the high school, go into the Clifford Grant property, do their their loop maybe two or three times even, and then not have to cross a road. Whereas previously they were going up to the uh, Bay Road entrance of the town forest um, and running up the Bay Road, and uh, which is, as you know, lots of traffic, and then popping in the side of Borderland. So they were really happy to, to, uh, to help with that project as well. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, that was a, quite an effort. It was.
0: Uh, I, I direct this question to any three of you. Um, I have read recently articles about boardwalks, which um, uh, stress that, you know, a few are fine, but to have so many stresses out the wildlife. Um, the other article I read talked about small animals unable to uh, cross over the, um, you know, the, the, the boardwalks. And finally, Having the boardwalks obviously attracts many more people, including families and, you know, screaming children, <laughs> like my grandchildren. Um, and uh, uh, life, um, you know, m- must be stressed in, at some point. Uh, and I'm not talking just about the small little, what do you call those salamanders, but also the deer and, um, and other wildlife. Um, when you describe, Chris, um, you know, the track game running through three and a half miles, that must put quite a pressure on the wildlife. And um, you know, here, I know your, your basis is to uh, create an appreciation for the wildlife, but at the same time, we certainly don't want to uh, hurt them or stress them or create problems recreating and so forth. So um, I open that up to any one of you and all of you.
3: Sure, I'll, I'll start first. Um, I would agree that um, no matter what, humans and and animals will always have some form of like, you know, maybe interaction that's potentially undesirable. I can say that, um, when I, uh, throughout my last 20 years of trail building, one of the things I like to respect is sort of the the guidelines that the DCR uses and some other agencies with regards to trail density in an area. Um, And in fact, you know, some trails systems um, over time get um, uh, sort of what we call social trails. They would be trails that sort of stem off from somebody who wants to maybe access something something off of the regular planned trail. Um, and we have to close those over time occasionally. Um, but as far as the boardwalks go, they are primarily so that we can um, actually make it safe for the, the wetland. Um, so we we're so the, the design of the boardwalks allow animals to go underneath them, um, like salamanders, wetland creatures, that kind of thing. And as far as like the boardwalks being a problem for larger animals, so let's say maybe a deer, um, I would say this, and Mike would, would, would probably tell you the same thing. You can go into the woods anywhere in Easton and find a stone wall that's five foot tall. I'm pretty sure the deer are dealing with those pretty easily right now. They're jumping over them, so they can jump over a boardwalk as well. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it, it, I, I would I would be interested to hear what other people have to say about it.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in, Chris. Um, so, to that point, so actually, so speaking of our flyaway trail that we just built and now is a little over a year old, um, I've actually had about 20 trail cameras around that surrounding area just for my own observation, just because I love wildlife. Um, and observing those deer over that time, yes, their impact, do deer realize that you're in there? Of course they do. They're animals. You are in their home. You are essentially in their living room. And that's why we, as you know, humans, we need to clean up the woods we carry and what we carry, you know, where we bring in. It's huge as far as stressing them, they're very smart and they know what is what. So yes, there are different behavior changes, but they're just changing maybe what their old routine was. And so if you see, you know, they have now a trail that's popped up through say a blueberry patch where they're feeding most likely, there's a lot of the blueberries maybe to the left of it. And they'll realize that and they'll tend to trend going that way. Uh, It's only a problem when you have say a very small area. It's a small, it's a, maybe a bigger trail system. A lot of people are mountain biking or a lot of people running this, that, and then you give a lot of hunters, all that impact all one time of the year can be stressful. Uh, but with it being so spread out here, uh, it does help. And these animals also have a lot of refuge to run to. Uh, if, if you kind of look at the maps situated, if you're, you know, if you're say, Clifford Grant is, say, very overly populated with people because of a trail run, uh, they'll probably end up moving over a flyway, or if not, they'll probably move out over borderland. And they have their spots. They they do have routine places they'll go to they know that are safe. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. It, when you look at it, you want to think it's probably upsetting them, but they, they know what to do. And also, too, with the boardwalks, deer generally aren't in those areas where it's that wet for a long time. They don't want to be there because it's not really their habitat. They're more on the upland. And the upland is hardly any bridges at all. So that's a real positive. So when you see deer usually in that area, they're probably just... <laughs> passing through maybe there's some new grass that are just grown because of the spring and they just need some nourishment but other than that it's not completely impacting their life in, in a negative way uh they they know how to bend with this too for sure and as far as the little critters go like chris said the bridges are definitely
0: more than high enough for them to. well i was old... uh yeah mike i was thinking about some of the babies in <laughs> baby know, my, like years my motherly instinct uh, so, so- all different animals of different sizes. I mean, aren't there some babies of some species which, which probably couldn't hop up onto that uh, um, well, boardwalk? Yeah,
2: sure. They, they might not be able to hop up to it. So think of this. They have to get to that point first. And there's a lot larger things in their way before they get to a bridge to hop over. So generally, if a ba- if any kind of baby animal that's in the forest right now, let's say like mammal, they're not moving too far from, like the mother's usually the one going out there doing the work and coming back. And as far as like baby deer, they get, they're pretty decent sized, as a baby you know they can maneuver quite well and and generally they're staying in a they're probably staying in a very thorny thick area where they feel very safe where a lot of things are not going to go into that cover to affect them so they're not going to come out and go walk near a bridge because that would just for them be dangerous so they're aware uh they they know how to keep their baby safe and they know where to be at the right time they're trust me they see you coming my point is when i say walk slow and take your time to see these things there's a reason for that they spot you they spot you (laughs) believe me
1: if i could just add to that um priscilla the um you know chris obviously has been building trails for a long time he's using uh well dcr has actually taken his standards for how to build these trails and mike knows the the wildlife in town um better than than you know a short timer like me but i just wanted to point out that there's almost four thousand acres of protected open space in town. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight properties where we have maps that we are advertising. There are particular properties that are, that are owned by the town that are known for perhaps rare plants. They don't have formal trails on them. The uh, NRT owns a lot of land. The only trail map they have is for the sheep pasture. There is there's land that's set aside for both uses. But I have to I have to speak up. Usually I'm speaking up for the trees, but today I have to speak up for um, our own mel- mental health and how important it is to be able to not just get out into the woods, but not not get not have to feel like you're on Main Street. It's really important that there are so many places um, that are just around the neighborhood where you can take a walk and you're away from cars. And it's just as important for people to be able to um, you know, enjoy the outdoors in a way that we try to keep safe um, and sustainable. As Chris said, um, and I'll get back to him later, um, we've actually had problems with um, all-terrain vehicles that have created trails where we didn't intend for there to be trails. And now we have a conundrum because they just go blasting through wetlands. So you know closing them off versus putting versus recognizing that they're there and you know putting up putting up boardwalks so that we so that we don't have them getting stuck in in the wetland and then having to drag the, machinery out. So, you know, you got to, it's a balancing act. Tell me, Andrea,
0: um, are there any signs to uh, prohibit, you know, people with um, vehicles, what do you call I put,
1: those? I put them up about four times a year, and it doesn't take more than a couple weeks for them to get taken down. Um, yeah. They, the um, I do, that's the first, the first thing you have to do is be very clear that it's prohibited. And there are town, uh, there's a town regulations for how to use conservation lands and no motorized vehicles are allowed.
0: Okay, is it
1: um, possible? Police have a ATV and they can, they have been known to do, um, they've recently got it over the last couple of years. They've been known to to ride on Wheaton Farm to take bikes through Clifford Grant because now the boardwalks are there and they're looking they're they're looking out for us but it's a it's a ATVs are a real conundrum they aren't easy to prohibit i can tell anybody who's listening the, you can go to Foxborough State Park. <laughs> it's allowed to trail no trails not ATVs. that are allowed Dirt bikes. for ATVs. It's not far. Yeah. Not ATVs. Go to Foxborough
0: State Park, please. Okay, Mike is saying not ATVs, but trail bikes. Dirt bikes. Uh, what kind? They're oh, still
3: hate- motorized, but they're motorcycles, not uh, not oh. the four wheel
2: quad type. Yeah. No. There's if only. Three places in Massachusetts where you can ride your ATV legally. Like I, I have an impossible time trying to take mine out on like a legal trail. It's very hard to find. And more, and for your dirt bike, it is only, I think now there's only seven legal trails that very the state
0: recognizes. As a okay, safe now, place. At, uh, Andrea, at the beginning of, of the uh, of this presentation, you talked about one of you did talk about trail care. I would think that that app would be wonderful to, for people to record, if they're in the presence of a motorized vehicle, they just take a picture and get up close and try to get the face and, you know. I, do, I do say that to people, but at the same time, you, um, get out of the way. you
1: don't want to be aggressive or, or, or say anything or do anything that would make the person, the, no. the other person aggressive.
0: Well, so. you know, you could say, gee, I like your motorized vehicle. Can I take a it? I, I, I it my, <laughs> my grandson would love to have one of those. Maybe, uh, would you mind if I took a picture? Yes. I mean, there are ways to get around that. And I think uh, my other question is, is anybody, uh, are there any fees? Uh, if somebody is caught, uh, you know, doing that, what are
2: the so. consequences? So in massachusetts you have to have either your dirt bike or your atv registered like a vehicle so they're breaking a law if you're out there with a non-registered vehicle to begin with as far as you being caught say riding a power line or a trail with an atv or a dirt bike if you're caught by an environmental officer they will impound that vehicle and they will fine you and it'll go it's not good it's it's very expensive i think it's well over a thousand i think it always is going up Uh, and let me tell you they
0: check they are out there (laughs) i promise you okay it sounds to me like it's a ticket rather than a misdemeanor no arrest just a ticket is that it
2: i can't say i you know it's all situational it's how they caught you when they caught you where they caught you it's you know what you're close to i'm sure if you're closer to a wetland or something like that i'm sure there's more consequences um it's all very situational
1: the town also has a uh, fee has a has a fine on conservation lands for doing prohibited activities that I or the police can um, fine you.
0: Does that include littering?
1: They're moving. They're moving. Does
0: that include littering? Could. That's another
1: policy issue. Um, The uh, Conservation Commission has not been, um, has not encouraged putting out trash cans. Trash cans, and I, I personally agree with this. If uh, for all the people that are using Wheaton Farm um, and any of the other properties, pack in, pack out. Right. The a problem with the tra- problem with, with providing an easy, convenient place for someone to leave their trash is Otherwise. others might use it for, for not trail trash and um it doesn't encourage that the ethos what we're looking for which is pack in pack out pick up right. your poop bags it's Not, it's not mm-hmm. enough just to put your little dog poop in a in a plastic bag you have to bring it out with you sure but i i'm
0: concerned that there are penalties for people who don't and who litter
1: there are penalties right um it's uh I won't be the first to say that it's uh, I'm, I have a full-time job um, and getting out onto the, I'm getting out to Sam Wright Field now, um, you know, every, every other week. And that's the most I've been out on non-application site walks in, in the, you know, four and a half years I've been in town. So if you'd like to hire another um, land manager, that's a it's a it would be a full time position. Chris would get a lot of support for um, the coor- yeah, coordinating. He won't have wouldn't have to do as much of it himself. Um, you know there would be there's a full time job available for a land manager of your conservation lands. Mm-hmm. Okay, not, not this budget season though.
0: <laughs> okay. So are there any other questions uh, from our members? I have a question. Go ahead, Lisa. If you're on a state property
1: trail like uh, Borderland State Park and you see something, I just saw a tree that fell the other day on Bob's trail. Um, Would I report that on the trail care or is that a state run um, issue?
3: That's a great question. Um, We're actually working on getting uh, the land manager over at Borderlands set up with the trail care app. Should he care to use it? And he actually, we've talked to him briefly about it and he's interested in it. Um, We've actually given logins to all of the state folks uh, at the DCR um, and some are already using it. Um, So for right now, you could report that and I would make sure that Uh, in the interim that uh, Andrew Buckley is the land manager over there that he got the message about a tree being down.
1: Okay, thank you. So Chris is the trail care administrator for the within the geographic border of Easton regardless of whose property it's on.
3: Yeah, whether it be DCR or town or what have you, as long as it's a trail and there's something in the way, whether it be, you know, A structure that broke, maybe a bridge has a tree that fell on it, and and so you're reporting a broken bridge or a broken or a tree down, Um, or maybe a sign. You know, you can report. You can report on one of the buttons. You can press is missing or broken sign. So if there's a sign that you know used to be there and it's no longer there, you can report it. So
1: thank you.
0: Okay, Um, I have one last question. Um, Those of you who've been out in the trails, let's start with Mike first, um, because I know you are so often on the trails. Uh, Tell me, what is the most wonderful um, experience that you have and that you want to share with the viewing public? Sure. Uh, So it actually came this year.
2: Uh, So obviously, we've had our crazies with COVID. some have been unemployed. I've one of one of which have been unemployed. So for this past year, I've actually gotten up every morning before sunrise and gone out and watched the birds. Um, Leopold is a famous commissioner, you not know, commissioner, conservationist back in the day, and he did something very similar. He'd wake up every morning and chronicle every bird that chirped first. So I kind of followed that along and kind of wanted to go with that, and I started to do that this year, and it has been it's so rewarding uh, to now know. What wakes up in what order in the in the, out, in the outdoors is is so wild, and to see what I've seen, in, in in the interaction with other animals over that time it's just been it's crazy. I've never seen so many photos on my phone in my life. <laughs> not that guy, and I've taken too many. Um, but it is it's been it's been really something to really just be there and to watch the trees literally change from last March now to you know this April or, or May and see. Just, just that season go through and actually watch it for once. It's, it's wild, um, absolutely the best experience. And some I will never forget and some now that I'm kind of just really hooked on. So it's hard to walk away.
0: Now, how about you, Chris?
3: Um, I would say, I think my favorite, and there are many that like this, my, mem- mem- my favorite memories are when I come across somebody on the trail, um, Uh, usually they're a hiker or a walker, and I stop and I chat with them for a minute and ask how their day is going, and they tell me how much they love the trail that they're on, and they never knew that we had this resource, and they're so thankful when they find out that maybe even I was a part of making it come to be. So yeah, that's my favorite, and that happens quite a bit lately this past year with uh, Covid you know a lot a lot of trail use and um, I think we're lucky here in town uh, when I look at the trails in borderland and how um, I'll just use the term lightly how worn out they are compared to the trails in Easton that are seem to be faring pretty well um, we've we've made it <laughs> I think we're doing okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And Andrea, how about you? Um,
1: well I'm th- you know, from, a, from a town employee perspective, it has been so rewarding, the amount of, of young people as well as general volunteers that are available and eager to, to volunteer to make things happen. Um, I manage the community garden over at Wheaton Farm thanks to Ed's good uh, stewardship getting it up and running. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that we we ask of all all the gardeners is you have to have a, a community service project. It's not just it's not just gardening. There's a young Eagle Scout that wants to start a pollinator garden. And I have confidence that I can ask the gardeners that as that as that garden gets into play, you know, we're going to need to water it and you're there regularly. Can I count on you? And I know the answer is yes. Um, I, last year we had a, the CERT team, you know, the emergency response, the citizen emergency response team. I was able to call them and say that we had serious, serious abandoned um, old furniture and heavy, stuff in the woods and a good mile in and i didn't know how i was going to be able to get it out and the cert team came together and the town gave them a dumpster and they walked in a mile and they pulled the stuff out and they filled the dumpster um because i was able to call on volunteers so it's not just it's not just chris and the dozen um the dozen adults and the half a dozen Eagle Scouts that have come through the ranks that have helped. It's this, there's all sorts of volunteers that really help make Easton special. I should say in my own town, I am a, a land manager for the, for one of the parcels in um, that, that our, that our natural resource trust owns. And so I, I do my part
0: too. I just tend to, you know, act local. That's really wonderful information to know. Um, you can, you know, just uh, uh, blow a whistle and they come running.
1: Well, when I, I when I say that when I say that I need to be I need to know what's going on, it's because I've got these different people available who are um, just right for the job.
0: Wonderful. Well, um, Mike, you're the uh, trail guide or a guide, I guess you're the. Guy who's out in the woods every day. Maybe you might be willing to uh, lead our membership on a day sometime in in the summer on a, uh, on one of these trails. Sure, you find is so uh, intriguing. Would uh, love to. Yeah, I yeah. think many of us have not been exposed, and um, if you'd be willing to do that. That would be wonderful. Let's do it. Yeah, and Chris, you can join too, Andrea. <laughs> Anyway, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for a truly interesting and informative uh, presentation. Uh, thank you, uh, Andrea, especially for that map and how to use it, with uh, because that's so important uh, for us, so that we know what's there, how to get there, and once we're there, where to go. Uh, Again, and-
1: it's it's knowing it's knowing the resources that are available. When I showed this two-dimensional map. To the GIS support staff for Easton, he said, "Oh, I can I can help you with that. You just just fill you know you fill out this this template, and I'll put it on GIS for
0: you. It's it's a DPW product. Wonderful. Well, some of us are techies, but most of us aren't. So we're impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed too. And Christopher and Mike, thank you so much for your." Um, explanations and descriptions of our wonderful trail system here in Easton and you have certainly um, made us wanting to get out there and find these wonderful places that you've enjoyed and that you've helped to maintain. So we thank you all and for our viewing audience thank you for joining the Easton Grange 196. This is Priscilla Almquist Olson saying good night and hopefully You will join us next month for another interesting program. Thank you.